This episode is brought to you by Key Food Marketplace, located at 268 Main Street Beacon. This is a small city, just north of the big city, built on brickyards, factories, and small businesses, with a rich history and strong roots. And this is a podcast that serves to tell our story, share our experience, and celebrate our community. This, this is Beacon. On this episode, we dive in to hear from Beaconite Susan Alvarez. Susan drops by to share her journey and insight to building a career in architectural design. Without further ado, this is Susan. Well, welcome back, everybody, to This is Beacon. This is Brooke. This is Ruben. This is Brandon. This is Brianna. And today we have a super special guest, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Guest, tell everybody who you are. Hey, everyone. My name is Susan Alvarez. I'm a design consultant with Mad Architects, and we're going to be speaking about architecture today. Awesome. So um, for those of you who didn't catch, because you heard all the all that clapping in the background, that was yeah. like... You, you do was, know we have a live studio audience. That was that was all that was all the audience just like cheering you on like, girl, I haven't seen you in a while. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> but Susan, you are uh, a beacon knight. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your your background, your family life. Oh, family life. Well, um, well, I'm a mother of four. Um, been oh married my gosh. to my you gotta, high school. You got pause <laughs> Just there. Pause there. We're gonna pause there <laughs> and give more claps. <laughs> that is huge. Mother of four, and yes. your children span how many? What's their ages? Oh boy, they range. So yeah. um, I have a 19 year old. I have a 13 year old, a 11 year old, and a nine year old. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. So your mom, what else? Go ahead. Yes, uh, I've been married to my high school sweetheart. Uh, we met in high school, so that's awesome. Uh, I would have to say he's my rock and my biggest supporter and fan. And, uh, you know, he did what he needed to do so that I could be on this podcast tonight. So yeah, I say awesome. that's a big win. Um, you know, grew up in Beacon, my heart and my soul. I could say I, I definitely credit a lot of my roots here, um, even... Living outside now, I live now in Marlboro, but I not per, too far, not too far, just to you know, cross the water. That that side of the it's yeah. weird now. I live on that side of the river, and uh, I still say that living on that side. I'm like you know, on that side. He's like, but you live here. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's this not, side now. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know that hasn't changed, which is more of a reason why they're like, yeah, you're still beacon in heart, even though you're not there. Um, and you know, still working in Dutchess County. As an, uh, you know, I'm in training to be an architect, I will say, as we get yeah. into discussion. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So growing up here in Beacon, we ask everybody this question. What elementary school did you go to? Oh, the best one. South Avenue. All right. <laughs> <laughs> South Avenue continues to stand up. I, I mean, <laughs> folks, we are not. We are not out here trying to, you know, they're represent like, just for South. They're like, I, I don't even think people are going to believe us anymore. That's yeah. why I didn't even want to say it. They're like, yeah, I'm pretty right. sure it's fixed. 
Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Gonna have to try proving it. You keep yeah. bringing on your family members and your friends yeah, and saying that they're yeah. not. <laughs> that's they're like, like the you don't call. know anybody. I mean, if that's the case, then that just goes to show, like, with the rivalry being so real that, like, even throughout, doesn't matter. You went to middle school and high school together. Like, yeah. doesn't your matter. roots stay strong to the South Avenue roots. I'm convinced they just brought me on to diversify because I went to Glenham. <laughs> <laughs> just break there up the go. bias. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so the other thing that's a little unique not only did you go to south avenue but you also went to school with this young man here yes i did i know him very well we went through most of elementary school together um we had great friends um remember birthday parties i remember you know going uh-huh. over your mom and going to the video shop uh-huh. um just so many great fond memories basketball games and yeah. i mean yogi your bike was the size of i think my thumb at one point and you were riding it till you were like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I do remember the day, you know, you say that because I remember when you upgraded to that blue one. And then that blue one was a hit. It was, it was, it was the bike of the city. What is it called? What was that called? Mongoose? I don't know. No, I had a GT performer. Oh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. But you're right. Yeah. He was on that rinky dink one for a while. But you know, started from the bottom. Now you're here. We all did, right? You got to start somewhere. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then after South Avenue, you went to Roundabout for a little bit. That's right. So my commute to Roundabout was literally up the road. Uh, it took me two minutes to walk. So I was right around the corner from the middle school. Um, I yeah, because you lived in that um, yeah. neighborhood that's right adjacent to the right. schools there. Yep. Right behind the jail, right by the track. And, you know, I always thought I was one of the cooler kids because I had a lot of friends in the high school that we would, you know, they would walk to the high school and I would actually divert my walk just to walk with them. And then we'd split our paths. You know, I'd do the shame of walk going to middle school and they'd all go to high school. No. <laughs> um. we, we, we actually talked about your neighborhood uh, a couple of weeks ago. So she, she lives in the neighborhood where it's, it's, it's great to go trick or treating at. Uh-huh. We talked about that on our Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Totally. One of the best. We're actually there this Halloween. My kids always say, is that where we're going, Ma? Because we love it there. Um, mm-hmm. fun yeah, and it was it was good when you were growing up, and it still remains that way today. Yeah, so growing up, I mean, I don't remember there being that mu- many people. I oh, because the secret got out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. And more um, parents, actually, than back in the day, I remember um, just a whole bunch of neighborhood kids coming from the other side, from Davies and um, Groveville, and they would all end up in our neighborhood, and it would just be a, I mean, the biggest night was the night before, because that was mischief night. You know, oh. I don't know if we're allowed to do that stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the uh, kids are doing that these days. No. I don't, I don't hear any stories, to tell you the truth. It's probably mm. virtual now. <laughs> <laughs> we were good at cleaning up the mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so today we're going to dive into all things your profession. Um, but before we do that, we want to get to know a little bit more about you. When you're not when you're not doing the mom thing, when you're not working, where can we find you? What do you do in your free time? Oh, I think what? I know one thing, but I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, man, what is free time? What I would like to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or what do you enjoy doing? What do I enjoy doing? I love watching movies. I love spending time with my family. I, I yearn hiking. Like, that's like the one thing I want to do. And I feel like life just gets in the way. And one of the biggest things I've always wanted to do, living from Beacon, you would say, Susan, how could you have not done it, was hike Mount Beacon. Uh-oh. So you exactly. still haven't done it? No, I've done it. Oh, okay. I did it once, and I did it by myself, and I almost died. 
but I survived to tell the story. And the most amazing thing about that um, journey was literally how I was feeling, like the connection of nature and my journey through life. And God just spoke through me through that whole hike. And I was in tears the whole way. Um, but it was something that I was excited that I waited that long to experience because I don't think it would have meant the same. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I, I hang out at Hudson Taco, my favorite place in the whole world. And the beautiful view that I see is Mount Beacon with the beacon. I said, I, I climbed that. <laughs> yeah, that is the perfect view. Yeah, totally. It's like right there. You can't make it up. That's the one thing about going to Newburgh. It's like I go here just so that I can look, look back at Beacon. At beacon. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, um, I didn't mean to be a spoiler alert. I'm saying I just went on your, uh, the, the website and you said that you like to bake on your, uh, profile. So I, no. I was waiting to hear that. Yeah. So that was definitely a big love and passion that I have. I love making people laugh and smile. And, you know, before architecture, I had this way of putting things together. And when I thought I was going to give up the whole architecture thing, I said, maybe I'll just start baking cakes. But then when my cake started taking a turn for like Rapunzel's Tower and Minecraft building blocks and my cake started looking more like buildings, then I kind of was like, you know, I think I should be an architect. Um, But it's a lot of fun. Uh, My passion is definitely just seeing my kids smile when they see those cakes or my nieces and my nephews. And Mm -hmm. um, not only does it look good, but it tastes good because what good is having a beautiful cake if it tastes really gross? Yeah. Well, some people would say that's enough, you know, Instagrammable. (laughs) Selfie. Mm -hmm. But, um, what I'm also hearing from you though, is that the, the baking is, is it's just like your profession in the sense that you're building something Mm -hmm. like you get a satisfaction after like seeing the fruits of your labor, actually building something up. Totally. Totally. And the modeling, it's like you're playing with Fonda, but it feels like clay. You know, and I'm sitting there um, cutting up pieces to resemble tile and it's fondant. It looks like chiclets, you know, Yeah. Um, you know, looking at M&Ms and they don't look like M&Ms to me. They look like (laughs) doorknobs or, you know, things you put on gingerbread houses. You know, I just have a different way of viewing things. Um, So then when I keep relating architectural things to things like baking Mm -hmm. or things like climbing a mountain. Right. And it it just brings me back to architecture, like what it means to be an architect and using your creative, um, no matter what it is you have in this creative nature, you know, Brianna, I heard you're a graphic designer, so maybe you can relate. Um, You have that earning to want to share with the world how you see the world. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that. But that was like way more than what I was anticipating when he said, you like to bake. I was like, okay, (laughs) like cookies. (laughs) Actually, cookies is good. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually hustling. My mom found this little deli in Newburgh. I was living in Beacon. And she said, hey, Susan, you got to make your alfajores. They're Peruvian cookies. Oh, um, those are the best. Oh, you had them. Oh, you haven't yeah. had mine. Yeah, but, no, I got it. Oh. I'll, I'll hook you up, Brianna. I'll bring you some. <laughs> so um, this recipe that my mom had given me, she completely messed it up. And at the age of nine, I said, Ma, that doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to figure something out. So I made them. And ever since I was nine years old, I would bake these. And so much so that in middle school, I was actually selling them to the delis in Newburgh. I'd prepackage them in a little wax paper and sell them. young entrepreneur. Yeah, but you know what? I'm a sucker to love and give. And you know what? When you end up spending more on the products and not pricing it right, yeah. you learn very quickly that, you know, um, you got to live off of something. So mm-hmm. I think it's been that balance. You and know, I, I did know. give it a try. 
Yeah, you know, I and I never knew that, you know. And and if you didn't transfer out, you know, we probably could have started business early on. You know, I'm, I was selling ring pops and blow pops and Starbursts. I was just, I was just from getting, last year. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, my uh, my uh, my my supply is where the supply comes from. You know. Yeah. <laughs> No, but, you're uh, you're forcing everybody to take you to Sam's Club back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just get <laughs> trying that, to buy the, in the bulk. value pack. <laughs> yeah, Gum. yeah. Um, and you know, before we move on, though, just give people a, a sense of your familial. Your where's your family from? Where's your family background? Uh, okay, so I'm first generation, um, born here in White Plains. Uh, grew up in Beacon. My family actually came here from Peru. Um, my father came here early on, 17 years old. Um, worked through paying his way through college, getting his education here. Um, English was not his first language. He learned and picked that up. Um, and then he just instilled in me the importance of just having a good education and um, working really, really hard for whatever it is you wanted to do. So from a young age, even here in Beacon, I mean, going through the struggles that he faced, he knew there would be obstacles that I would be facing. So even just my name, Susan, you know, um, it was thought about very quickly because he grew up in the mindset that when, you know, you go for that job application, I didn't want to be casted out right away just because of my name. And he wanted to give me that opportunity to, to, to make it to the interview, to make it that fighting chance, you know, and, and I respect and I understand why he did those things. And I, and I appreciate him now more than ever. Um, and I believe the world is changing so that you won't have to do those things anymore. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, that actually brings up two things that I want to say. Well, probably one question, but the other one is uh, for all those uh, South Avenues and, and you guys are hearing Susan. I know some people are probably like, is that Susan Pimentel? <laughs> because that, 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 that is the, what you were famous for around here. You know, every, every, everyone knew you and either pronounce your last name one way or another. I know, I know Pimentel was another one I used to always hear. <laughs> and I, 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 it used to drive me nuts, you know. <laughs> But um, the other thing you'd also brought up is, um, did your dad find Beacon at 17 or did he, was he living somewhere else? No. So he uh, lived with his family that moved to Westchester and Mamarnik. That's where actually they still have the same house down there. And um, when he built his family and I was four and my sister was on her way, my dad was like, yep, it's time to move out out of this one bedroom apartment. We're moving upstate to this place called Beacon. Um, everyone thought we were crazy because we had a lot of family in Westchester. Like, why would you want to go upstate that far? Um, but we loved it. The, everything about it was so different, like night and day. They do realize today that Beacon's not that far, right? And it's not upstate. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Eventually, they back all, then, half back, of them back then, I, back, back, back then, maybe. I, I, I could get it. And, you know, <laughs> I got friends in New York City that 178 is upstate to people who live on 176. So mm-hmm. yeah. I get it. Anything above the Bronx, they're like, oh, yeah, north of Fordham Road. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So as a kid, do you remember like when your family would come visit and stuff? Did it did it feel different coming from Westchester, moving up here? Do you remember what they appreciated was the land? Like there was parking place, you know, they could actually park. There was a sidewalk that, you know, wasn't congested and there was open air. And we were playing with our neighbors. We were playing basketball on the street that hardly no cars came by. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it was a different, it actually inspired other people to move up from, you know, Westchester area. Uh, I have a couple uncles that moved over in Newburgh. They stayed on that side of the river. Um, actually, uh, I would say that he's one of my inspirations. He's actually, I would say, an architectural designer. I think a lot of that instillment comes from my dad's side. I'm learning more and more. Yeah. Um, the artistic, but then there's a lot of me that's my mother. Um, 
which is the perfectionist, the, the one in detailed, you know, I still remember she actually, um, I don't remember what it used to call. So forgive me if I don't, do you remember with South Avenue, um, Davies Terrace actually by South Avenue, there used to be a recreational center there, youth center. I BCC. Think. Yes. BCC. So I remember the first time <laughs> we came there, my mom actually worked there one summer and she brought me to work and then I was, you know, there and I'll never forget, uh, uh, it's so vivid to me. We had she would hand out these these little drawings of teddy bears with overalls, and she's like, "Color," and of course, I colored. I colored mine like rainbow bright. Like I just my color was out the line. My bear was very artistic and was. And I remember mom's like, "No, that that Susan, that doesn't match. You have to stay in the line. The the bear is brown and the overalls are blue and um. and and you know it it showed me something because she was she was just trying to show me how to stay within the lines, but I. I was so not that mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so like ready to just be different. Yeah. And make it your own, and make it my own. Um, yeah. But, Which I think we champion that today. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. But I, I think it was those moments in my life that I saw through my parents that inspired me to be different or maybe I was just rebellious. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. It sounds like Depends to me, who you're talking to. Yeah. It sounds like to me that you just really knew who you were, you know, like you had a strong sense of self which is amazing now Thank looking you. back, right? Yeah, and it, and I'm so happy you said that because I know as an adult, you, you reflect on your childhood and what has made and made you either broke you or it made you. And all those years that you thought were really insecurity were you just trying to find your voice and just speaking who you really are and mm-hmm. what you are. And instead of trying to follow the grain, what everyone wanted you to be, you were giving the contrary because you knew you were destined for something else. And, mm-hmm. you know, your unhappiness wasn't maybe your unhappiness with your life, but maybe because you were unhappy because you haven't found yourself completely, you know? And I think that's part of my journey. I think that's all, you know, we can all relate to that on different levels. Yeah. And we're going to get into your journey in a minute. So <laughs> I'm super excited. But first, just for folks that are like first, you know, and, and when I say folks, I'm looking around this room, some <laughs> folks, um, you are, you're a design consultant. So let's just take a step back and just tell people what, you know, what is that? When you explain to people what you do for a living, what do you, what do you say? Awesome. So yes. Yeah, so the technical term, I'm a design consultant and we say that as a way of saying I'm an architect in training, um, here in New York state, I actually value the, what that means to become a licensed professional. It's not an easy task. Um, even just the process of becoming a licensed architect, um, people really don't understand. And maybe I can enlighten some of you guys. Oh, please do. Um, oh, please you, do. Because <laughs> like, first, because I mean, I think it's really important too, because, you know, when folks hear, um, you know, whatever way they come to it, whether yeah. you're going to be a consumer of, like you're, mm-hmm. you're calling somebody for help, like it's good to know what the differences are. It's the same thing like when you're in real estate or anything else, it's like, you know, I, I have a therapist. Do you have a therapist or do you have a coach? Do you have a, you know, right. like what are their, their credentials? So why don't you walk folks through what that means? Yeah. So I, needless to say, I've been in the field for 17 years outside of college. Um, and that ranged from working at a firm for 14 years. And, you know, they start you as a draftsman, right? You're, you're there, you're there to take on direction. You're there to, um, take lead, not take lead on projects yet, but really, um, kind of be mentored by the person above you. And through the process, you then become a project manager, which then you take lead on projects, you meet with clients, you work on designs, um, and then you progressively move forward. Uh, During the architecture experience, besides having to get some schooling, which 
requires either four years or six years of education, depending if you want to go for your master's or your bachelor's. Um, you then have to then go, uh, I would say, through the IDP program, which is, I know it's kind of a fancy word, but it's like an internship program that the um, Association of Architects will say, hey, you need five years, you need 10 years experience before you can even go to start taking your exams. Mm. Needless to say, so after you get your degree, you put in your experience, and then you will um, apply to the state and say, hey, I'm ready to take my exams. Then after they accept your degree, your education, and your experience, you will then be able to sit down for six exams. So this is a very, very rigorous, but I think very much needed procedure because really when you hire an architect, you are entrusting them with the life, safety, and welfare of your home. You know, we are held to a higher standard to protect those, like someone living in your home, like God forbid the walls fall down. Oh, I was just thinking about the <laughs> Miami incident. Exactly. And, yeah. and you know, that is a great example that someone messed up there. And, yeah. and it's, it's something that we need to have the conversation. And it was something that could have been overlooked um, on many, many, many different things. I think there was a lot of failure and procedures on that. Um, but that, that's, a great, that's a great example. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you don't think about it like as like a, you know, a homeowner. Or you don't think like, you know, to the guy do a good job, knock, knock. You know, like yeah. so you don't think about that piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle, but I'm happy to hear that it's that rigorous because it's, it's almost like to me, it's like a doctor, right? It's that important. Yep. Mm-hmm. So to have not only like, okay, you've gone to school, check, but no, now you need to sit and sit under someone who's experienced and really build it up before we even want you to take another exam, really live it. Because Mm -hmm. it sounds like this profession, um, unlike a number of other professions, like this is the type of profession where you, you're always going to learn way more by doing than anything that they can teach you in a book or, or a test that they can train you to, um, to pass. Yeah. 100%. And what I was going to say is that, just hearing you explain it almost sounds like they set you up for success, you know? So like even through the steps, you'll find out if, if you got it or if you don't, you know, like obviously there's probably some type of, uh, um, imagination that goes into it or some type of mm-hmm. creativeness that goes into it, some type of drawings. So like, and some people may have some components, but they may not have all of it. And, and we see that in a lot of professions who, who've, uh, like, like in the industry that I'm in or that, that I'm familiar with, uh, where they got away from training, Mm-hmm. So, so you, you got like the old time employees who like knew everything. And then now when they retire and it's like, all right, well, how do we do this? I don't know. We're going to make it up because a lot of companies, <laughs> a lot of companies got rid of the training component. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not worth spending that money when, when it's like, no, yes, it is. Because I'm saying at the end of the day, it's all about uh, the product that you're going to give out. I'm saying, and you want the workers to stay with that, that pride and passion, you know, when, when a worker, I'm saying, maybe I'm just speaking from experience, but when I'm, when, 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 when you're just doing a job and you're not even, you're not even sure if it's right. You know what I'm saying? You're like. How, how can I have any pride and passion? But if I had to go through the steps and like, like now, you know, what's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not walking away from something. If I know it was, it wasn't correct, you know? So, uh, and I don't think that has to do with either if you're a perfectionist or not. I think that just has to do with, with what you want and to at least know that your name's on something and then you're going to leave a good product or a good, a good job done. 
100%. Yeah, and I think it's that rigorous training, right? So the six exams, it goes anywhere from how to start an architectural business, you know, how do you run a business, mm. um, how do you go through construction. Um, they'll break it down. You have We have to know a little bit about structural engineering. We need to know about uh, mechanical. We need to know electrical. We need to know plumbing. We are truly, you know, back in, um, I want to say the time in Europe, I was just at the Louvre a couple years ago, and what was beautiful was actually to see, like, the arts and how architects were actually one of the arts. We were known as the master builders. You know, back then, you know, it was the contractor, the architect, and they were they were truly one. And now we've kind of separated those two. And I think um, what I embrace now is actually working with the builders because you need you need both to work together. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes there's this misconception, oh, those architects, they don't know what they're drawing. And, you know... There may be some truth to that, um, but then at the same time, you know, you need a great architect to work with a great builder and you get a great product. And, um, you know, the program that we use, I'm all about technology, so we could actually put people in VR goggles and walk them through their house. Oh, um, I love that. But if you can, if I have to model it in 3D and if my wall is floating up in midair, <laughs> then obviously I can't build it. So, yep. you know, if I can't model it like Legos, right? Let's, let's take it back to Legos. Like if you don't build the car properly, it's not going to work. So in essence, in architecture, if you don't understand how the building comes together with all these different technologies, because we're coordinating it, we don't have to know the finite details and everything, but we need to know enough to put it all together, all the pieces together. Oh yeah. That's huge. I can only imagine like getting a good architect just saves time, money, assets, energy, right? Especially one with like the granular insight that she's speaking to, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's kind of, Similar in a digital aspect, right? You're building an app, you're using different frameworks and, and technologies. But if you're running like the whole project, you're not building the, you know, you're not writing the code, the source code, like, but you need to have that surface level understanding so you can speak with developers and not design something that's outside the realm of possibilities. So it's kind of, you know, very similar, but on that note of what you're saying, kind of about renderings and VR, like, can you speak to the evolution of, you know, that you've witnessed in the design and drafting process from, you know, drawing, you know, on a, on a drafting table to AutoCAD to, you know, 3D rendering, SketchUp, all this stuff. Like, can you kind of speak to that? Oh, you're speaking my language, Brianna. Like you are my soulmate. (laughs) Because there's also some people in the industry that aren't doing that, right? That's correct. So I think you hit on a lot. So I'm in the weird generation where I remember the hand drafting and the from analog to digital analog and went to, you know, did that in high school. And then through college, it was kind of even taboo to start even dabbling on the computer. Like you had to be an upperclassman to use CAD and um, not even Revit yet, but um, Mm -hmm. rendering softwares and stuff like that. So what we're talking about in layman term is CAD is just a 2D primarily back in the day, you would see 2D drawings, floor plans, and elevations. For a lot of people, that's hard to see, right? So with technology and with advancements, there's they developed uh, mid-2005, 2009 is when it really hit the market, um, was 3D modeling, was BIM modeling, which is building information modeling. It's basically a software that allows you to take three-dimensional, you know, walls, floors, roofs, um, do material takeoffs, you can get estimating done, you can walk people through their house. You know, this was in 2000 and, okay, 2007 when I first saw it, and I was like blown away. Again, you're talking to the person who is ahead of her time, doesn't understand, but I was like, I want to learn this. 
And many architects were too afraid for many reasons. It wasn't the norm. It was too expensive to train. It's too unknown. The upfront cost to either training someone or actually purchasing the software was completely out or heard of. Um, so I was fortunate enough, uh, right when the market hit the big crash of 2007, we all remember that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we were forced, actually the architecture world got hit hard. A lot of architects-to-be um, changed their careers. They were like, there's no room for us anymore. Um, the mar- housing market crashed, architects lost their jobs, firms just dwindled. I was very fortunate to be one of the last standing firms to, to self-sustain themselves, even though we cut back to three days. Um, but that forced me to then go to another firm. And that new firm was dabbling on Revit. Now, initially I was there to train and for whatever the case may be, that was never the case. So I took that opportunity after I put in my two weeks, I had no work. So I was like, you know what? I have two weeks to kill. I'm going to learn how to use this program. So I pulled out that manual and I just started reading and um, I was hooked. I, I didn't care what anyone else said. And since 2008, I would say now, you know, having a successful business using that program where many people won't do it because they see that there's an upfront. Well, I'm, you know, 10 years from now when we're doing holographic buildings, yeah, we'll be there too. Um, I'm a true believer in, in continuing growth and using technology for creativeness. Yeah, and I think that's just uh, going to keep happening anyway and keeping evolving. As I'm hearing you talk, all I can think about is this new meta world. And I'm like, man, you were in the meta world before it was yeah. a meta world. <laughs> like, well, and, one and day you guys are just going to be like, okay, here's your living room. Like, yeah, here's you're you're going to start room, selling like stuff in, 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 in this world. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think the other thing too, the pro tip that you just dropped for everybody, if you if you didn't catch it, I'm gonna highlight it there, is that you took you took what you knew about your industry and you got aggressive, right? Because in a world where and, and this is something that I've used in my own career, but in a world where there are people that have your skill set, what value do you bring to the table is the value that everybody else won't have. So when the crowd, you know, the easy, I say this to you all the time, you know, I say, what's the easiest way to stick out, right? It's to not be with the crowd. That's the easiest way to stick out. So when everybody says, I'm not going to go do that, right? And you did it from where you were, you said you broke out the manual, right? And so often that's what's right in front of you. People are waiting for that training that's going to cost $6,000 or, you know, their company to pay for them or whatever. Do what you can from where you are and just being able to um, express that you have one, you're one step closer than the next guy. I know how to open the computer. I know how to open the (laughs) file. I know how to do this one or two things. You'd be surprised how many times just by taking that initiative, you demonstrate that you're different by taking that initiative. Like, oh, wow. Like, wait, you didn't know that in the interview, but now you know it. Oh, wait. So we're going to put you on this project. We're going to put you on this. More doors open when you jump ahead. Yeah, like being proactive about your skill set instead oh, yeah. of reactive. And from where you are, right? And it's, yeah. it's you don't have to walk in and say, oh, in these two weeks I showed up with the new certification because I went to this class. No, like it could be something as small as like, oh, yeah, I know how to run that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah, no, exactly. Um, more doors open, more windows open. And then you end up with more enemies too, but we're not yeah. going to go down that but, road. <laughs> <laughs> but the other no. thing that you expressed too is that it was a passion of yours, right? Like you were curious about it, right? So follow that curiosity, but then it opened up this whole new world for you, which is amazing. Yeah. And it, and it took some fight. I mean, you know, when you're filled of good ideas and you want to share it with your superiors, right? Because you want, 
their success because you're working there, right? So yeah. you want to bring in this energy and this great excitement. Like, look what, look what we can do with this program. And you get shut down. Ooh. It's like, you don't see what I see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's like, all right, so then I'm going to just go for the ride. And um, whether I wasn't loud enough, which I hate to say I can't see that being an issue because I'm really <laughs> loud, <laughs> you know, but... I learned, unfortunately, in my field that, you know, being a woman, being a a female, Latina, um, you know, really tough spoken at times. um, I knew how to get to the superiors. You know, I would have to whisper to my colleagues like, hey, look at this. Check out this program. And then it would get heard. Mm. But in the end, I couldn't look at it in who would get credit. It would be like, no, I really want to learn this. How do we, how do we make this happen? Um, so it was a lot of battling and trying to get really what I wanted to do was growth and, and dabble in this amazing program. Um, and it worked, it worked two years later, but we, we got on, we got on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, you're just dropping so many gems there, right? Like sometimes it's about just being focused on the goal. Right. Not right. so much about the how, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes so often we get focused on like, it has to be in this way. But if you just stay with your why mm-hmm. and you stay focused on what the end result is, who cares if it's, I got to pass the note to John to have John say he <laughs> wants to learn it or whatever. <laughs> like, who cares? At the end of the day, you know, as long as you see through the mission, right? Like, That's right. keep the mission focused because it will pay off. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sounds like that happened for you. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is when you're a futurist, which sounds like you're a futurist like myself. Yeah. When you are a futurist, sometimes you just have to know, like, you just have to know that you're ahead of the curve. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. instead of getting frustrated, you just got to say, they'll come. Yeah. The time, you know, I'm looking at Brandon because he's like, yeah, I was a futurist about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he was over here, you know, banging, banging on everything. Like, will you please just come into the studio? And then here we are. So we share that with everybody that Brandon was ahead of the curve by That's about awesome. four years for us. Yeah. But, but, but we also, uh, embraced so thank it. you for your yeah. patience. Yeah. Thank you for thank, your patience. Thanks, Brandon. I'm saying like, while you were talking, I almost got into like my, uh, I'm going to call it Brooke mode, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when we get guests on here and they start talking, Brooke just be like, reach. Both hands up. You were heading down that for me. Because um, like it, 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 it's frustrating when, when, when you're part of a company or an organization and I don't know. I'm saying this could just be a South Avenue thing. It could be a Beacon thing, but like it's I, a Mr. Vorback thing. Yeah, oh. Mr. Vorback thing. You know, I, I hold a lot of pride on anything that I do. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm part of something, I feel like I'm a part of that team. And then to have a vision to be like, yo, no, we we can be the thing. We could be the championship team. We could be. The, you know what I'm saying? And then then when when uh, like some of the people in in the leadership positions that are more start to work against you as opposed to moving things forward, you know, you you, you start to you start to question your number one. You First, start questioning your own ability first. You know what I'm saying? Just for, um, and then, and then you just start questioning, like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? But I, I think, I think, I think we talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago, like, uh, adversary, right? Is that the word? So I've been messing up on words, so. What, to be an adversary? No, yeah, no, that's, that's the wrong. Advocating? No, that's the wrong. It's another A word. Come on, Brianna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah English was not my, uh, uh. <laughs> Rhymes adversity. with oh adversity is there is a gift in <laughs> adversity. A gift in adversity, you know. So so I, I just Rihanna think, uh, got him. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, you know what? And, and, With the and, sound and, and I, 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 knew, I knew something was up when we had new, 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 new people on the uh, soundboard. <laughs> I know. I was, I was, I was Me like, and Brandon been conspiring. I, I, was, I was like, man, somebody's gonna be paying attention. Somebody's <laughs> yeah. gonna be dropping everything. But, uh, but yeah, no, nah, I, I think there's a gift in that. We talked about that, and uh, I, I think that just proves character. And like you guys, like you, you've already stated, like through time, you're gonna see like it's it's it's, it's all worth it. Yeah, but you also talked about being a Latina in this profession, and and I'd be remiss if we just said, "Oh yeah, I'm sure it was hard. Keep it moving." Um, <laughs> tell us, you know, share with us some of the challenges because I think you know, um, particularly now in in the the zeitgeist that we're in. Look at me dropping these big words. <laughs> um, I thought you made it up. Uh, no, it's a real word. Like the culture, the the temperature of the culture right now. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, really pushing and supporting and, and dream big and really trying to like really uncover and, and break down some barriers that, mm-hmm. um, that exist. But, you know, for folks like, like you and I who are on the fringe, right? Like, um, you know, building your career as a Latina in the arch- the world of architecture, what were some of the other challenges or some challenges that you have faced along the way? Oh man, way too many. And maybe it's not even what the world has placed as one of my um, weaknesses. Maybe it's something that I fabricated on my own. And, and I'll share something that I've struggled with as a woman professional. Um, and I don't think no one has ever instilled this or told me these are the rules, but for some reason in my mind, these are the rules I set for myself. Um, you know, even in college, I was maybe, I think seven females out of a group of 120 graduates of the architecture program. Now, hence, since 2004, there's been more increase in that. And that's awesome. Amazing. But, um, I never wore a skirt. I always wore pants. I don't know if that was, again, no employer or no one has ever made me feel, feel anything less, but psychologically, I felt like I had to be the part. I had to play the part. You know, I'm short, so I had to wear high heels, but with long, long, <laughs> long pants. Um, <laughs> just because I, I felt I had to play the role. I had to, you know, um, little person, big voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the architecture world, I am one of few words, but I want my project to speak for itself. Um, you know, again, just... I got pigeonholed at times to be the interior designer. Why don't you go back to school and get your interior designer degree? Um, Because that's not what I want to be. Like, yes, I can pick beautiful colors and drapery and decorate a beautiful room, but that is not architecture. That is interior design. And that is a whole other level of professionalism that I'm not involved in. Um, So already right away, I, I, I sensed, and I would get it from my even colleagues, I Quite frankly, like, I love my colleagues. I can be in a room full of guys and feel very comfortable, very comfortable in my skin, very confident. That was never an issue. Um, But it was just more of the, well, you know, we'll have Susan pick out the colors because, you know, she's really good at that. But that doesn't mean a male can't do that. Mm. And if anything, I think we all have, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a female or male, we all have wonderful skill sets. Mm. Um, So it was how do I break out of that? How do I get out of that pigeonhole? How do I, um, cause then you start believing those lies, you know, for a while I'm like, well, maybe that is what I'm really good at. If that's what they think I'm good at. Right. When it's just an assumption based on a gender norm in your field yeah. of work. And I could have very well been great at that. Right. I know there was so much more I wanted to learn. Like I wanted to learn construction. I didn't go to school for architecture to pick out a pretty color. Like, <laughs> I, I went to, <laughs> you know, I went 
school to architecture to build some really awesome buildings that would not only look cool, but they would actually transform communities. They would change people's lives. Like that's what I went to school for and I need to do that. And Mm -hmm. so when I finally figured out part of the process was getting licensed. So being a mother of four, um, I was actually very heavily also involved, believe it or not, in ministry. So I was doing youth group. I was part of women's group. We were at church maybe three, four times a week, you know, but that shaped and molded me and prepared me for now being a business owner and how I transfer that in language of how I do business, how I treat people, um, what I do architecture for. It like completely opened my, my eyes, mm. you know, and everything. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Nah, no, no, don't apologize here. No, but we, we what I it. what I heard from you too is that like you know in those moments, right? Because taking you back to like the moment when they're like, "Hey, let Susan do that," because like that's what she should do. You know, how did you handle some of that stuff? Like, um, yeah, like when it came up, like like was it an internal dialogue that you were having with yourself as you walked over there to go pick out those damn paint colors? <laughs> or- no, I actually believe it was like, hey, you know, I'm really good at this. Uh, you know, I try to lie to myself because I wasn't someone who was there to cause strife or problems. You know, that's not what I was about. But I also then felt something in me that I had to find it in me like, hey, you know, I really value and appreciate that you want to encourage me to go into this other shifting of career. But, you know, you hired me to be an architect and, you know, maybe let me get my license in architecture first and let me complete that. Mm. And if I decide afterward to go back to school and get a degree or certificate in interior design, then I'll do that, too. Um, But, you know, I think when we start believing in and don't get me wrong, I think sometimes people speak truth in our lives and it could actually help us. Um, But when you know deep down in your bones that that's not what you want to do, you need to listen to that. Mm, yeah. yeah, really. Um, well, right now we'll take a break for a word from one of our sponsors. A quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for good foods and great drinks? Well, stop down at the Hudson Valley Food Hall and Market, 288 Main Street Beacon. The food hall showcases a variety of cuisines and local chefs from the Hudson Valley. In addition to their food, in the back you will find the Roosevelt Bar. To learn more, visit their website. HudsonValleyFoodHall.com. Now back to the show. Awesome. Well, welcome back, everybody. Um, and so we were talking through some of the challenges and in, in losing yourself along the way in your career. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, you know, you get started out. Yeah, I feel like you get you get started. I'm looking over at Brianna. You get started out in your career. You're like feisty. You're like ready to go. You're all that stuff. But all these small and what I'll call microaggressions can happen along the way. Then life compounds on top of that, right? You said you were involved in the church. You you have four kids. You know, like all these things are happening along the way. And then you can find yourself a little bit like. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here. So there was a point in your journey where you kind of lost your way a bit. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I hate to admit it, maybe a couple times in my life, you know, Um, going through the ministry walk. I mean, at one point I thought I was going to leave architecture and I did actually. I did take a hiatus from architecture um, for a while and I did, um, you know, stay home with the kids. Um, much needed. I actually really looked back at that time and said, I needed that to happen because your kids will grow right before your eyes and then they're gone. Um, so I'm so grateful for that time because I'll never get that time again. Um, and then, you know, going through ministry again, I was just like in love with 
community and people and giving back and the youth and um, something that I think was instilled with me in Beacon because it kind of made me feel that sense of community, giving back, being together and wanting to be together, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so that's kind of like, that always held me close. And, but even then through my journey, it was almost like, you know, when God destines you for something, he'll put you right back where you need to be. So during ministry, I was actually um, doing a youth group leader out in Lake Champion Dining Hall. Um, and ironically, it was actually one of the first projects I worked on as an architect out of college. And I remember being 23 years old working on this building. And I have pictures, which is amazing. Little girl that I was back then, smaller than today. <laughs> uh, and I remember saying, man, I'm like, who, who does that? Who built these ridiculous buildings for camp, right? So rewind, fast forward to 2014. Here I am with 12 young middle school girls and I'm in this building that I picked the silly paint color (laughs) and worked on the floor plans in CAD and I just cried and I was like, Lord, I was like, oh, you haven't given up on me. I'm going to go back eventually. And and I was still torn. That wasn't even enough. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know. That was the pebble. That was the pebble that, that definitely went a long way. And um, so, you know, went back, did the grind, got lost along the way. Um, Really, really, really difficult, um, toxic environments I had to navigate through and persevere. And sure enough, got through it. But, you know, you get to a point where I don't want to do this anymore. And um, when I hit that point, I was like, I I don't want to work in architecture. I'm done. So, um, you know, I had a, what do you call those? uh, I can't find the words recruiter a recruiter reached out to me saying hey we ran across your resume we think you'd make a great fit you got to go check this place out I was like no you don't understand I'm done I don't want to do this anymore it's just too much and uh, my husband's like give him the pain in the bill you know the the, the the ridiculous fee that you're asking for and you know let's see if entertain it so obviously that happened and um, I was like oh, I'm back at it again mm-hmm. but through that journey it actually gave me the confidence and the encouragement to know that wait a minute I got what it's what it takes to do this. Like here I am going to another firm on a different level doing um, larger projects and they're leaning on me to take it on and lead it. Why is that? Mm. You know, why do they need me? I thought I needed them. You know, so when I kind of changed my mentality and needless to say, the first project that landed on my desk was a church. So there was God again telling you like, you are bond for greatness. Like, have you not realized this yet? And so, again, with every great opportunity, you have to go through a lot of things and you just build up the courage to say, nope, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to do this. And the first thing that's, well, you're not licensed. You're not a licensed architect. Well, I don't have to I don't have to be a licensed architect. I can do renderings. I can do other things. And, you know, that inspired things. And, um, you know, I really want to talk about the Passion Project, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's actually called Project Hope. It's a project in Honduras that um, a colleague of mine that was working on at a time, it was actually his inspired project in college. And um, it is a youth recreational center in Honduras that he helped raise funds um, locally here in the States. And they really, really needed people on the boots to get the building going. So where does Susan fit in all this, right? So he reached out to me, we had a lunch, and he says, hey, you know, would you mind helping me on this project? We could really use your help. You know, it's a not-for-profit, 
you hear non for profit right away, pro bono, right? Um, you know, I can't pay is, you. Is that what that means? I say it a lot and I, <laughs> I still end up with a bill somehow. <laughs> I just thought the check was late. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but, but what's amazing is that I've been prepared, right? Volunteering, that's, that's me. That's my other side of me. That's so much more rewarding. than The access like, service was familiar. The like, access yeah. service. So it was like, it was, but he didn't know my life outside of work, right? Mm-hmm. So when we had that conversation and I was like, so wait, you're asking me to use my talents to bless others in another country, sign me up. And are you, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And it was that that ignited the flame to move on because up until then I was doubting, like why architecture? Why do you want to put yourself through this ridiculous yeah. <laughs> situation? And it was because I forgot my why. My yeah. why was to transform communities, to make a difference, to make an impact, to, to leave your wedge. You know, people may not know who I am or what I played a role in. In the larger scheme of things, all I did was speak the language and no architecture. And that's all I had to do. But it was like the moment where like your passion and your, your, your purpose kind of like started to meet. Everything. Everything. Both hands just, up. Just, just, keep, just keep preaching because you, you, you're talking our language and you, you, you're going to talk right into one of this, these gaps that we have that, uh, that, that we need to fill. Yeah. You know, well, you, you, well, what I'm hearing, though, also is like you needed to understand that your talent was uniquely designed specifically for you so that you could fulfill that role, right? Sure. And I think I think I I can relate to that because sometimes you show up to a play, a bigger picture, right? A big plan, a big vision. And like in your mind you're like, "Well, helping others means packing bags and handing them out or or helping others means like boots on the you know, actually doing you don't think like this very sophisticated skill set that I have, this this superpower, right, that I have that's like very technical and very, you know, um, has me behind a computer, has me, you know, head down, can translate to actual human connection, can facilitate that bigger picture, can be that linchpin that holds it all together. Yeah, exactly. And this was the project that when you sat down the way he described it to you, the, what he was handing you was one of those things that you knew right off the bat, like, Oh, there it is. Right. There's yeah. nothing to think about. There's you know, my why. Everything just opened up. And, uh, also just going back a little bit, what I heard you say, like when you started this, when you had to step away, um, I definitely related to that. I stepped away from something that I, that was my passion and then I wanted to give it all up, but, uh, I'm walking back into it and I'm just walking back into it clearer, cleaner. Yep. And, and it always brings me back to when, uh, I think I heard it in high school when they say, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back to you, it's yours. Oof. If it doesn't, it never was. And actually DMX, shout out to DMX, aren't. R.I.P. Um, that, that was in one of his songs, you know what I'm saying? Uh, let me fly or give me death. And, and like, I just always feel that way. Like, yeah, either let me be me or and we're not going to get into the, the alternative. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I hear it and uh, yeah, keep preaching. Thank you. 
Thank you. And I think that's what um, created, you know, MAD in essence, because out of that, it was that relationship of working with a colleague who mutually understood, um, you know, doing an impact in the world, leaving our wedges. Um, you know, it wasn't my project. I was just blessed with the small opportunity of being part of it um, that helped establish a working relationship. And that's what then inspired MAD down the road. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, one, before we look, look at off the topic, so MAD is the organization you're with now. That is correct. So I'm a design consultant working independently, works very closely and collaborative with MAD Architects in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. So um, what I love about that as well is because one of the things that you mentioned was being in a toxic work environment, right? And um, what you've what you've described is that, you know, that work environment does not define you. That's right. And then, and how do you get through that, right? We could be in that toxic environment and be just as toxic, or we can be there and make a difference and be the change and, you know, take out that colleague that's sitting there on their desk, typically that would eat by their desk and take them to breakfast or take them to lunch. And, you know, don't be afraid to be you. I, I, uh, you know, when you get me, you get all of me, right? There is no mm. shutting Susan off. Susan's this way when she goes home. She's this way at church. She sits away at work. No, this is me 24-7. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and I think staying true to that is what makes it that much more special. Don't be afraid to be you. No. That's yeah. huge. That's huge. And I think the other thing too is that when you are, when you do invite yourself to be you in, you know, in the best way possible, right? Like, and, and I, and I'd, I'd even call, I even call it a little bit more pointedly, right? Like invite yourself to become your best self. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yes. Cause, cause I think some people get lost in like, well, you know, if I'm not this and then, then I don't change and I'm not me. I'm saying, I'll tell you right now, I'm the same person that was hanging out on these streets and vegan in, in, yeah. in, the, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, I'm still that same person just, just because now I learned more and I matured and now I might make a different decision please believe I'm still the same person that I, that I was then. Oh, understand that I'm choosing yeah. to show up <laughs> as my best self because, That's right. you know, just like you said, you could either choose to show up in that toxic environment and let them know what you're made of, or you could choose to, and, and what I say is I invite, I call everybody up. I invite you, I invite you up. <laughs> with me. Right. Um, and you can, and you can, and you can really manage it at that level one-to-one because mm-hmm. you don't need to listen. You don't have to be everybody's cup of tea, but you could be somebody shot of whiskey, right? You can really be that, be that light for someone else in the office. And it only takes one, right? It only oh, takes yeah. that, you know, your one home girl in the office or whoever that is that, yep. that can really create the culture for you. Um, but I just know right now, particularly, um, during this time of, you know, just high stress personally, everybody's mm-hmm. going through a difficult time right now um, with, you know, the length of the pandemic and all of the repercussions of it right and right now with all the inflation and all that other kind of stuff, just the pressure cooker that we've been in for a while here. I just know a lot of people are feeling that right now. And I would just invite you all to really hear um, what Susan is saying and sharing because she's been there. Right. And and you're living proof that you can take that um, take that environment, take control over your environment in that in that regard. Not that it's going to be easy. Oh, no. It's a choice. It's a choice. And it's also important to have that supporting. You know, you, you need that support system. Who is your support system? Is it at home? Is it a friend? Is it your church? You know, is it your colleague? We it, I feel like that's so much um 
makes a huge difference and impact on how you move forward. You know, it's not easy to say, hey, honey, I'm quitting my job. You know, that's a serious conversation that you need to have. And, you know, when when you are in that situation and you have someone that supports you and believes in you and knows that, yeah, it's going to it's going to be tough, but you got to do what you got to do because I know and I believe in you. And it's amazing when people believe in you more than you. I mean, I could vouch mm. that I've, I, I've had several people that believe more in me than I believe in myself. Mm. And it's being able to come to the terms like, yeah, you know, look in the mirror and saying, yeah, I do believe in myself. I've been there where it's like, it takes for someone else to see you for you to see yourself. And yeah. you're like, oh, I can, I can do that, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Validation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that goes both ways, right? So the more that you do that for others, the easy, you know, that kind of thing, because it's, it's hard when you're, you are your worst critic, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're constantly like, well, I'm not there yet, but I'm not there yet, but I'm not mm-hmm. there yet. And then you look back and it's like, yeah, but you're further than where you were, right. you know, two years ago, four years ago, you know, you're way further down the pathway, but because you're so focused on the improvement piece of yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's to me, it's like when you when you start to recognize it in others and keep doing that, then it kind of trains your mind to see the difference um, more so than just the end result and where you're trying to get to. Yeah, totally. So over your career, I'm curious over your career, just because like you like build stuff. Like you like make stuff happen. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know how like, you know, it's like hashtag like like mic drop, like what you do, like always comes to, you know, at the there's always a it's product tangible. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. tangible. You can feel it, all that stuff. Well, along the funding's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other yeah. people's money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what were what are some of your fun like the projects that you look back on that are like most exciting for you? Oh, believe it or not, we were actually um, a contractor came to us and said, "Hey, you know, this project is really small. They just want a little simple gable." covered porch over an exit uh, over a walkway she must have saw the look on my face i was like what's a gable yeah it's, it's, it's the, <laughs> yeah we're on video now so, so you, you can give our <laughs> listeners a little the triangular <laughs> part of a roof um and basically the the client wanted to be able to walk down their stairs outside into their office space which is in the basement in the lower level but they had no walkway and they couldn't put stairs inside their house so everything had to be from the outside so they said all we need was for you to design a, a triangular roof right on top of it and we said, you know, can we have a little fun with it? Is there a budget? Not really. Okay. Can we think outside the box? Sure. So that's what we did. We did three designs. And, I mean, I wish I had visuals because it's, it's pretty amazing. It's one of the funnest projects we ever had because we were given the freedom of just designing. And the client was so fun that they went with this really contemporary vertical screening system on what they thought was going to be a triangular roof, and they they loved every bit of it, and they totally went with it. So it allowed us to be mad. It allowed us to be bold, but mm-hmm. that was the personality of the client. They just didn't know how to showcase it. Um, part of the design, and this is where it gets a little weird, and we can get a little artsy, but the um, screening, which were like these vertical screenings, that cu- a fence, if you would picture a fence, so uh-huh. these vertical elements were like a violin because the, the client played a violin. So she loved it. She was like, how awesome is that? I'm walking down the steps and I see these violin chords blocking the sun. And, and, and I have to say it was one of the funnest projects. It's actually getting built now. I can't wait to share the construction of that. Um, so having your own firm, being able to say, these are your work, these are your designs, and then um, showcasing it 
And, you know, 3D pretty pictures are awesome, but when they're built, yeah. that is on another And level. when you're standing in front of it, like, it's not you bigger than your screen, you know, it's like this thing is, you know, bigger than you. And I, I feel like that's such a gratifying part, too, of, like, the design process is, like, that problem-solving aspect, right? Like, I, you know, like, I hear what you're telling me you want, but, like, you know, like, what do you actually want, you know, and what, what do you actually need? So being able to kind of like read between the lines mm-hmm. um, with with and actually kind of like see into what someone might actually desire, you know, more than like a, just a utilitarian solution for like what they're asking for. It sounds like she's just talking about me. I remember when I asked for anything in like the art world or like even like our logo, I'm like, I just need a logo. And then, like, well, what do you want? What do you see? I don't don't know. I had to answer all these questions. How do you want to feel when you see the logo? Yeah, yeah, nah. And then, uh, and then, and then, then also, I'm saying it taught me. I'm saying I had to learn a little bit more because then, like, some people will will show you something like that's not what I want. Like, man, but I didn't even give you any direction either. Yeah, but so when you're working with folks, because I even heard you say that um, she has um, she. Was a musician, or she is, play, yes. or she is a musician. She yeah. plays the violin. So when you are meeting with somebody, like, is that your intention to really get to, you know, is that a part of your process to get to know them? Like, do you expect because I, you know, I'm just being very selfish right now, y'all. If I were to work with you, how much you well, Let's use this project as an example. I know, as, I know I'm trying to do a bathroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. But is that, because like, you know, in so many ways, I think, um, you know, folks can be intimidated, you know, mm-hmm. by like, I don't even know what to say or what to do. Like, is that a, like, do you expect that piece of the puzzle that folks may um, need you to kind of draw that out? Oh, 100%. I mean, we have clients that really understand what they want. They'll have a Pinterest account. They'll have floor plans. They'll even, if they're feeling led to actually design it, and then, you know, us bring it to flourishing, and we can definitely make that um, happen. But as a professional, you know, you always want to best advise and like, hey, have you ever thought of this? Um, You know, I'm truly a believer that it's someone's house. How dare I tell you what I think you should do to your house, you know? Yeah. So some of the questions we ask from the get-go, and Ruben, maybe you can, you know, chime yeah, in. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, You're starting to pick my brain. Yeah. Through, through the experience. You're, t- you're take, taking me back to the beginning stages <laughs> of, of when I called you and couldn't even pronounce the word. I'm like, you're an architect, ar- architecture, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, <laughs> you know, like what is, you know, for, for you, I'd ask, you know, let's use the bathroom. Yeah, like, let's okay, use the bathroom right, for let's, example. Let's I mean, just hypothetical. Just hypothetical. So if you were to call the office, we'd ask, you know, hey, what is it that, what are the services you're looking for? You know, um, typically when it's structural, like removing walls and stuff like that, you need an architect, right? When you're just doing something cosmetic, I would say, don't, don't waste your time with me. I could probably give you a beautiful picture and inspiration, but you're probably off better going with a contractor because, you know, that's the best route for you. But if you were to say to me, Susan, I need to remodel my bathroom and I really don't know how it integrates in my bedroom, but I also want to add a mudroom, but we have the same square footage. We don't want to go outside. We're problem solvers. So we uh. will figure out, we will, we, will, we will solve the design issues. We are there to fix it. We are there to work within that footprint. Sometimes people think they need extra space. Sometimes their space is just not designed efficiently. You know, I think that's the biggest lie. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that you need more space. No, maybe you just need the space to flow better. Maybe you need to open up some walls. Maybe you need to see different iterations of what you can see your spaces. And I'll ask you, um, you know, do you want privacy? 
You know, these are, we'll, we'll get intimate. I'll be like, so yeah. what do you, what do you want? Do you want more space? Do you want more light? Do you have enough light in here? You know, how, how are the ceiling lights? Do you get enough sunlight from the window? Are you a vampire? You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and uh, like, obviously I, I had like elementary. I, Man, I went, she I, had me thinking outside the box. I was like, there is a closet connected to my bedroom, <laughs> my bathroom. Yeah, like yeah, see, maybe so, so, you could just like, exactly. exp- oh my God. So like, uh, like, and, and, and a lot of stuff that you're hitting on, I'm saying like, you just got me thinking about like uh, HGTV, like love it or list it or fix it up or, and like when, when, when it's like the before and after and it's like, that, that room didn't even look like it had all that space. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, so I'll give you my experience of working with Susan. So when I called her, I'm just like, uh, and I'm just going to say your profession just to save, save some time on me trying to pronounce <laughs> this word. I was like, in, in your profession, this is what we're trying to do. So we, we were looking at putting an addition on a house and uh, renovating the house because we're, we're looking at an older house. And um, we wanted to add design, do the um, additions, make a master bathroom and a master bedroom and uh, expand the kitchen. And then, like, Susan's reply to me was like, that's exactly what I do. And <laughs> and and I guess in my mind, because when I think about, like, people in your profession, I always think of um, commercial buildings. And it's like, it's like that's when you, so, like, like, as far as, like, a homeowner, I was like, uh, I don't know if your services are for homeowners. And then, like, when you broke it down, like, no, actually, it is. And this is, like, exactly where I want to keep working in the residential side and stuff. Like, it, 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 it all started to make sense. And, um, like, you guys can go on her Facebook and see, like, the... The little the little tease of how how it should come out. We're hoping to break ground next spring, but um, uh, it it just made more sense and it made me more comfortable, you know, because I'm more I'm I'm somebody like if you're gonna invest in something like that, do it right. Yeah, you know, like 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 people people know like automobiles. I do automobiles right. You know, I mean, I've watched enough HGTV to know that it doesn't take thirty minutes. <laughs> I am so proud of you because HDTV has been a great thing and a bad thing. They got people out there just throwing hammers at yeah. walls. They set unrealistic <laughs> expectations. That's yeah. right. Yeah. There is a team of local professionals that actually have to go to the municipality and yeah. do the yeah. building department and work with the contractors. All that wonderful thing that you see is totally not what the process is about yeah, yeah I, feel, I always i always check it out it's between like it's like minute 12 and 17 <laughs> is when there's always like the big hiccup but if you pay yeah. attention like weeks have gone by when they yeah. come back like you know he's got a beard now like she don't look right like they've been through some stress outside like, the season then changed <laughs> in some places yeah yeah the, the leaves are no longer on the trees <laughs> like you gotta pay attention to like all that like but they got people thinking that all i need is a hammer and pinterest and, and ingenuity well i mean youtube's like that too with all the D, you know diy stuff and you know they got they'll make you think you're about villa and yeah. you'll be, you know, ready to you put up a un- shed, and next thing you know, maybe, maybe, maybe unplug a drain or something on your own. But yeah. any, anything else involving some of these power tools, you might want to. I mean, it's just it's just in my mind. I just see the hammer going into the wall, and then it's like, oh, there's always like, oh, what, <laughs> what is this behind the wall? <laughs> I struggle with putting up TV mounts. Oh, I have totally. to do multiple holes to figure out where to get it in, and by that point. It was like we got to call someone to come in and plaster up all the holes that I made. So, <laughs> you yeah, need, I don't do that stuff. You need a stud finder. Yeah. I know. Oh, I, ha- I use stud finder and I still make the holes. So no, I'm just I'm me. just mad that you have to call somebody to come in to help you with the holes. Because at that point, I'm told to leave. So yeah. I'm no longer allowed in the yeah, building. Yeah. yeah, but no, that that's a good deciphering point, right? Like if you're so. 
what I'm hearing, you let me know, right? Like if it's something that's like cosmetic and you're just looking to like upgrade a space, Mm -hmm. um, probably not. I mean, unless you're thinking like, I don't know what I can do with this space and I want someone to come in and tell me what my big picture options are. Correct. Um, I think that's worth it. Right. Because you're going to see more in any space Mm -hmm. than I would see from my own naked eye, similar to like a Brianna, right? Like from a graphic design perspective, she can say like, Oh, we could do all these other things here with the same canvas. I just don't have that, you know, that training expertise to understand it. Um, so that's the one signal that would say, I want to call somebody because I want to know what is, I want to be in the world of possibility. Right. Um, and definitely if you're in a space where you know you want to start taking out walls or um, building outward that's from your home, best to start with an, with, with, and do you start with you? Because I do know that there's like, and I don't know, I'm asking a lot of questions That's now. so good. Sorry, y'all. It's all good. Sorry, y'all. This is my own personal, um, you know. Seem like her own consultation right now. Yeah. Hey. Because I'm, because, you know, the other Send thing, an invoice after this episode. Yeah, exactly. No, not feel free. Feel See, free. Nonprofit don't work around here. <laughs> feel free. Because like, you know, um, the other thing too, similar to like buying a house or whatever, like what is the process? Like, is that, is it best to start with you all or is there, something that they should do before they pick up the phone and call you like you know get your existing floor plan or whatever well from, from my experience i would say it would start with making sure you own some property <laughs> is it your house yeah you trying to build out somebody else's property start, start with that yeah. but then my my, my my immediate second I, I would recommend i'm saying i know susan was my my first stop before i even owned yeah. any property i mean i'm sure you'll let them know if they're they're out of turn but <laughs> yeah we get those questions all the time and we love answering them like i'm a true believer that I would never want to one sell my services to someone who really doesn't need it. But I'm also an advocate for truly um, educating people during their journey because you just never know. You just always do the right thing. Like, so for example, if you're in the process of buying a land, right, you purchase the land, um, you got your department of health approvals, all that fancy smancy thing means is that you have the right to build, I don't know, a five bedroom home or a four bedroom home, but you don't have a design yet but it's been approved. So you don't have to go through all that mess. Um, And most likely then that means you have a design for a septic system or you're on city water or, you know, sewage. Um, By then you could actually then hire an architect and design a house right from scratch. You know, um, we work many ways. We actually work with clients that find plans online that in all reality, you're going to pay to buy it online. And then you have to pay to have someone locally sign and approve them. And, you know, there's this misconception, if you could buy this, you're just going to plop it on the land. Well, is that land made for that house? No. What if your living room has this beautiful view to the lake, but your, I don't know, your pantry or your powder room or your storage room is facing the lake? Like, you know, architects take the time to walk on the site. They experience the land. They talk to the people on, uh, you know, the client, what what their goals and objectives are. And we kind of paint a beautiful picture of what their house could be. Um, so I'm a firm believer of getting us involved early on. Mm-hmm. If you have a contractor, even better. I love working with contractors from the get-go. Um, you know, however, we also do provide bidding and negotiation. What does that mean? We can help clients uh, select two or three or four qualified bidders or contractors to then bid out their projects so just mm-hmm. for them to get the right price. Now, for me, it's really important to work with contractors that I can confidently say they're more than qualified. You know, what they price it out is crazy COVID world. We have seen ridiculous numbers come back, I will admit. 
Um, but you know, there are those contractors that can do it for, I don't know whether they have a stash of two by fours or like Mm -hmm. mechanical equipment in their basements, but they're making things happen at really great rates, you know? Yeah. No, what I has, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, girl. How has the lumber issue like, you know, affected? Yeah. I've been tracking, I've been tracking that myself. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know we've been having this He's over here cutting down his own trees. (laughs) (laughs) We've had that conversation actually, you know, Ruben would be a great, um, a lot of trees around my property right now, you know, which, which could be smart. I mean, you've had people even decide they want to start building in, um, steel, like metal, metal studs. Oh yeah. I did see, um, metal studs. Container homes. Mm -hmm. Container homes is a big trend. Oh, like the uh, um, the conic boxes and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I did see that too. Yeah, yeah you can, you can make crazy. a house over that out yep. of that. Yeah, you can. Just need a licensed professional to engineer it properly, and you know, um, put the correct insulation. And you know, there's a lot of technical things that people don't really think about um, that they need in preparing to construct and build a home. Mm. That will be happy enough to walk them through. Have you had the privilege, I guess, if it is a privilege, to work on any of those? Um, like the mini houses, the tiny, the people, homes? tiny homes, tiny oh homes. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so sorry. That's what <laughs> I was gonna say. I was she gonna got say. Excited about got excited. Song, song. Yeah. So okay, the talk tiny- about talk about a futurist. Okay, so me maybe mm. six years ago, I was like, I just want to quit my job and want to purchase all this land and put a whole bunch of tiny homes. And everyone thought I was crazy, right? So, go and behold, last two weeks ago, I saw an architect. I think it was an architect. Architectural Digest, I believe it was an Arcanet or um, Architizer. They had someone that had, sure enough, developed this tiny home community out on the East Coast. And I was like, there I go, having these great ideas, but not living out the dream. Mm. So I want, I'm glad you mentioned that because right now, Matt is actually working on a prototype. We all know what COVID brought, right? COVID brought a mess, but also great opportunity. Um, great flexibility, the different way we work from home, the different ways we work from the office. So me, I was trapped in the house with four kids and maybe, you know, I couldn't put on an addition or maybe I didn't have a bedroom where I could put an office, but we're working right now. It's under works. We're working on a prototype to create the office shed, the office shed that you can put in your backyard that will be approved from the local municipalities. It'll get you outside of your building constraints, you know, no plumbing. We'll keep it very simple. We're trying to make it affordable. We're working with local contractors to help us price it out so that you can, at the comfort of your own home, you can walk out to your office and then you can come back to your home. No commuting, no nothing. And um, what I'm saying is, if you need a model home, (laughs) (laughs) if you need a model home, I got a yard. But you know, it's it's, it's pushing the limits, right? So we're, we're thinking office is the way to go, but I'm like, I want a she shed. I want a little pool house. Mm-hmm. I want a, a recording studio, a recording studio. Mm-hmm. You're right. Something where you could, you know, and you have to be careful because it, it, the way you zone now I'm speaking the language, right? Zoning. So it's not so, a place of business. It would be your own personal home office, but Hey, if you want to make it a recording studio, we could see Brandon dreaming the, on my the, the padding of your walls, you know, how you retrofit that shed would be different than someone who wants a different eye. You just got me spinning down here. You got me creative. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, now we're giving value back. That's right. <laughs> so, we're, we're good. So, so, scratch that invoice. We're your, we're, your own, we're your own personal brainstorm up in here. Oh, yeah, that's cool. No, I think that's amazing. I think... I think the tiny homes thing is huge, right? Um, you know, definitely a trend that we're going to continue to see, particularly because of the cost, the high cost of living. Um, it's just a great solve for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think about like 
the like trailer parks mm-hmm. and like that that services you know a certain clientele and then like i think like tiny homes is like a whole nother yep. beast but it's like a it's like a spin on that right mm-hmm. um in terms of like the sizes how many people all that stuff because you see full families living in there now that's right i don't know how <laughs> but you do see it um but i definitely I, I'm, I'm with you on this she shed slash 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 other usage mm-hmm. because um even here in town um here in Beacon, there's been a lot of talk about um, dwellings and additional dwellings, right? Because there's a lot of folks that are like, oh, well, I'm going to use it for an extended family member or whatever that may be. There's the other swing to that pendulum, which folks are saying, oh, well, that'll just be another Airbnb situation. And so like that's, if you haven't been up on the uh, latest down at City Hall, that's the debate back and forth that if you open up that door in one way, you're opening up the door the other way as well, um, which, you know, Pros and cons to both, right? Um, once again, um, for high cost of living and rising cost of just in general, um, you know, you can take it for what it's worth, um, just having that additional dwelling, but you need the land to do it to your point. Exactly. And it starts with what are you zoned for? Mm-hmm. So you are speaking the language because, and not for nothing, <laughs> she's, she's not for well. nothing, you're educating me because I'm like, that's why they were screaming they about meant. that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is zoning? And zoning is important. I mean, something that we really worked with Yogi on was the fact that I don't want to make you go through the variance process. So, you know, you hire an architect to say, hey, we have to work within these bounds, design in those bounds. And, you know, working with the local municipality and saying, hey, look, this is our objective. We're not trying to go towards the board. Let me know what my parameters are. And they love that. You know, municipalities love it when their architects or the professionals are willing to talk to them. And saying, all right, well, this is the objective. This is what we want to do. And when they see that, they they, they, they love working with you. Um, so, yeah, we saved Ruben from having to go get a variance because you don't need all that. And Rob talked to us about that uh, last episode. Yes, right? he all did. The, the difference between variance. I, I kind of have to listen and to that. You got to go to the zoning board. Uh, the zoning board oh, goes yeah. to the planning yeah. board. And the planning board sits you back to the zoning yeah. board. I'm like, what? Oh, yes. I Yeah, no. So, and, and I yeah. would not. I've been through it. And then you just go ahead and do it anyway because you HGTV <laughs> did. <laughs> and then when you go to sell it, they make you tear it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On top of like Brandon's whole thing. I got holes all over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can de- I can definitely see that you have, one, successfully found your why. Um just to hear you talk about it, you can see how you just light up. Oh, thank just you. talking yeah. about it, so you are you are right on brand. And God, I know, is saying, "Finally, girl." <laughs> he smacked me with the brick. Yeah, finally, girl. <laughs> finally, girl. How many times must I show you yeah. for you to go walk on your purpose? Um, but I'm super glad that you 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 stopped by. This was like super exciting. I think you know, for me personally, I just love having these conversations because one, you know. You can't, you know, you don't understand it until you do, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I used to always be this person, especially early in my career. I'll you tell might you, want to use this one. This, I, this, this I don't one know. Right it's here. just, it's this, just this, guys. This, this, I know you right see here. me struggling. Yeah, it's yeah, just like not right now. You're getting it loose. And I know. I just don't know what's going <laughs> I, I on. I think you here. want this one right here. I'm, I'm struggling with my mic. For those of you that are listening, it's just like and flopping. The ones that are watching. All, it's just like flopping all over the place. Um, but, um, but I used to be this person that used to be envious of people because I would say, you know, it's not about the money that I mean. Yes, money matters. Right? It's not the money I was. I used to always be um, jealous of people's networks. Yeah. You know, like oh. 
He's got a lawyer in the family. Of course he never has problems. He just picks up the phone and calls his uncle. Like, I used to have that kind of envy with people, you know? And I feel like these episodes just, you know, now you all out there, you all know Susan. So at least you know someone from Beacon, born in Ray or born in White Plains, right? We do that. Born in White Plains, raised in Beacon. Um, and, And you've given us a lot for us to at least understand this world, right? Um, the other thing too is just from like sharing your your career pathing and, you know, all that has gone along the way. You dropped many, many gems. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, I'm looking over at Brandon because I'm not sure if he's ready for his next question. But before you get going, we're going to ask you <laughs> one question that we didn't discuss. So... We here at Iron Beacon, we like to refer to ourselves as the Avengers of the city. Not literally, but in spirit. I'm going to make sure to set these beforehand. Keep working on it. Um, We see ourselves as a group of uh, special individuals who have come together for the betterment of this community. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, if you were to join this Avengers team, what would your power be? What would you bring to the table? What is your superpower? What is my superpower? I think we heard a couple, but... Oh, man, I love bringing people together. Like, I, I heard I have a heart. Like, I'm, I'm like the heart of the team. And, you hmm. know, being able to construct spaces that encapsulates and just promotes unity and transforms people's lives. And, you know, what we're doing in Honduras, right, is in Honduras. But, you know, the next thing I would say is, like, why can't we do it here in the States? Like, why can't we do it in Dutchess County? Like, why can't we have a youth recreational center? Um, Bonus you know, clip. Bonus clip. <laughs> you know, so... I think it, this is God talking right to you. <laughs> I, think, I think these are just, like, uh, you know, unleashed superpowers that I have. You know, when you, you're on the scene where... Oh, what was it? It's a childhood movie. Oh, Shark shark Boy and Lava Boy. Shark uh, Boy and Lava Girl? Uh-huh. Yeah. Shark, Son yeah, loves that movie. I just said the opposite. Where now it's, like, the parents, parents. The yep. parents are yep. parents, and it's the kids yep. taking over, and, and the mm-hmm. daughter We can be it. heroes. Yeah, she yeah. didn't. Who didn't know their power? Was it the the girl? It was yeah. It was the main girl. Yeah, she didn't know her powers until the, the right appropriate time. So I think I'm waiting for that, and it's like I haven't used mine yet. It's like ready to go. I'm just like getting snippets of it. But just like that little girl, though, yeah. she didn't have a power during the movie, but she was a great leader. And it sounds like you have the same oh. attributes. So Appreciate that was a spot that. on. Oh, thank you. Spot on. Spot on. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome, and then that's definitely another uh, something that we can add. Hmm. So thank you, thank you for stopping by, and, and we're going to have to have you back on. Yeah. Well, anytime. You guys are awesome. I'm just inspired. This is a lot of fun. You guys inspired me, like what you guys are doing. You know, you're making an impact, and you're making a change in what you're doing. You know, if we all just use our gifts and do what we're supposed to do, we, I mean, this is truly an Avengers team. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're trying, and we're, and we're growing. So if you're willing to join, uh, mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get that out to you. But before you go, is um, is there any way that people could get in contact with you? Yeah, we'll if also, they want to we'll, get we'll to also, know more. We'll also add it in yeah. the show notes. But uh, is there like an email or? An- yes. Yeah, so if anyone else out there is interested in anything about architecture, whether it's a question or um, you know, some guidance or some direction, you can reach me via email. That's S Alvarez. That's S A L V A R E Z at madark, M-A-A-D-A-R-C-H dot com. Um, I'll be sure to reach out and get in touch. Awesome. And we'll put in the show notes too. Do you want to plug the website if people yes, want to check out some of your work? www.madark.com. And that's double A. So it's M-A-A-D 
Um, you can go and check out some of our work. Um, you can actually check up on the updates on the Endures projects. Um, more to come on that. We're really excited to see that flourishing and built. Um, but more importantly, just connecting and seeing how we can work together in the community. Any social media tags? Oh, man, yeah. Or platforms that you're um, on? We're like, we'll I, put it in the show notes, but you could say it. Yeah, <laughs> you know just what? Case. That's where I need my daughter to help me. For someone who knows how to do 3D modeling, <laughs> some help in the social media department. <laughs> but you can, if you reach the website, you could definitely um, click on all the icons that gets you onto Facebook. I believe we even have, um, what is it called? TikTok? Yeah, we have TikTok. Oh, now she sound like me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what is and, that uh, thing? Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for stopping by. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And that's a wrap. This is Beacon. But hey, before you go, we have a quick ask of you, our audience. If you've been enjoying this podcast, here are some ways you can support us. You can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast right now. You can share or tell a friend about this podcast, which can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And here are some ways to support us. If you would like to sponsor an episode, reach out to imbeacon.info at gmail.com. And if you just want to support our efforts in the community, visit our website, www.imbeacon.org to submit a donation or send us a check at P.O. Box 265, Beacon, New York, 12508. You have been listening to This is Beacon, a dynamic duo high five production in association with I Am Beacon, a nonprofit organization. 